0: Here we go. Welcome back to Real Stories, a special edition of Part of the Story Podcast. I'm Claire Brown. And
1: I'm Lee Westlack. Today we're discussing rom-coms.
0: Yes, romantic comedies because it's February. It's February, yeah. Valentine's Day. Absolutely. Which, Lee, are you a Valentine's Day person?
1: Uh, no, no. Th- <laughs> thankfully, I'm off the hook on that one. Uh, <laughs> my significant other and I are just like, it, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, exactly. It's any other day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Same. I'd like to do something for my dog. I did already get him a little treat. He hasn't seen it yet. But oh, you he's... got a treat already? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I was at the pet store over the weekend, and I was like, oh, they have such cute cookies for Valentine's Day. So he uh, got a little Valentine.
1: I've got to get on that train, then. Yeah. i got to get core something. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So
0: cute. So today we have for you a top five list. Lee has a top five. I have a top five. We only have one overlapping.
1: Which is weird, because we had so many in we the did. horror one that, we, that was yeah. totally overlapping.
0: And like when we were you know, putting things on the long list and stuff. Obviously, there were some that were obvious on sort of both long lists or in both honorable mentions. But when we, like, came down to it and we were like, these are our five only one overlap. Yeah. Which I think is kind of good yeah. when you're looking at variety.
1: Absolutely. Well, and, and I mean, it's kind of hard because I had a long list. Well, we both had long we
0: lists. We had incredibly long <laughs> lists. I think I got more out of control than horror did.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I have another list that is on my phone, which is m- much longer than what you saw. Um, and it just, I, I mean, I tried to go back and rewatch a bunch of things and, you know, uh, people then talk to you because they're like, yeah. oh, you're doing rom-coms. And yeah. So then you're like, oh, maybe I should rewatch that. It'd be worth it. But uh, I, I was making changes until uh, pretty much deadline here yeah. so
0: <laughs> <laughs> same and then after i was even setting up the podcast equipment and looking at my list i was like is that am i comfortable right. with this top five yeah but it is what it is <laughs> listen there are so many and it's probably definitely like mood talk to mm. us in two weeks time right it could be a completely different top five yeah so it is what it is my friends it is what it is interestingly though if you're a rom-com watcher or a movie watcher, a pop culture enjoyer of things, which we hope you are, which is why you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> Lee and I realized we have nothing that's made in, like, even, I don't think, the last 10 years. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We, we've somehow <laughs> dodged, like, an entire decade worth. Yeah. Maybe a little bit longer. Maybe longer. Uh,
0: <laughs> we're, like, we're deep cuts in the 80s, 90s, and, like, very early O's. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know why.
1: I don't know what it is that... Um, because of going through my list I did have some things yeah. uh, that were kind of a little bit newer but uh, not not very recently you know like they don't hit the same yeah I, there's something missing or yeah. like I was I watched Crazy Rich Asians yeah. and um, Always Be My Maybe yeah You know, and...
0: Solid films. Yeah,
1: Yeah. they're good. You know, uh, they have great moments. But do they
0: take a top five spot from a classic?
1: Right, yeah. (laughs) And I think that was my problem is like that when I started taking a look at my list, you know, uh, after like the seventh or eighth time, I was like, (laughs) maybe, maybe I should sit down and like, what is something that's replayable, like something yeah. rewatchable for me? Yeah. And that's when I started kind of like settling on my picks. That's
0: how I did it too. Cause I was eventually, I was like, what is actually good? Mm-hmm. Or not even actually good. What has like been my rewatch favorite where I'm like, I'm in the mood for fill in the blank? Yeah. And it's those same ones that you're like coming back to. For yeah. That go to that, go-to
1: that yeah. you know, is, is comfortable in a way, right?
0: Yes, 100%. And like in a controversial yet brave move from the both of us, we have not put any of the Queen of Rom-Com Nora Ephron's movies on our list, <laughs> which I think is like if you're a purist, maybe you're mad at us. Yeah. So you will not hear a discussion on when Harry Met Sally, on Sleepless in Seattle, on You've Got Mail. Yeah, what happened to us? Leaving? We I
1: don't know. We just do- <laughs> we dodged that whole that whole arc apparently. And like
0: they're excellent. They're are great. Movies I've seen many times. Mm-hmm. Like. We know that the Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan pairing, iconic right. of the age. Well, Meg Ryan just in general Ooh, on, yeah. in rom-coms, but not on our list. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so
1: just so you know, it is foundational kind of watching. If you're getting if you're just getting into rom-coms, yeah. Nora Ephron uh, definitely watched just, yeah, those ones. Her but, whole backlist. Uh, did not make our list. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is. I think that is controversial. And when you're thinking in particular of those three titles – that I just mentioned, Mm -hmm. I feel like the most rewatchable long-term is When Harry Met Sally right? because of how the filming is done. And I think that one might actually be – is it with Rob Reiner?
1: Uh, Oh, that's a good question. I do not know.
0: But, like, just the – it really looks at relationship. Right. Because some things – some rom-coms are just, like, you know – Whatever it's a little romantic story, but this one, re- like Harry, when Harry met Sally, really looks at relationship yeah. between well men and women because it's in the eighties, so they didn't really think about like you know <laughs> queer relationship or whatever. Um, but it's it's very philosophical in some mm-hmm. ways, especially with the interviews that they have to like break it up in the different spots. Yeah. So if you haven't watched when Harry met Sally, I agree with Lee. Absolutely foundational but for whatever reason, not of the top five. Yeah, yeah. Again,
1: uh, sorry to anybody out there who uh, that's their favorite stuff, but... (laughs) It is what it is. Yeah.
0: Um, And then, like, recently, there's been this sort of discussion about rom-coms. Why Hmm. don't rom-coms exist in the way that they did? Because we're talking about movies, and when you hear them, with... Big stars, either big stars that were made through rom-coms, through starring in rom-coms and being a rom-com star, like Meg Ryan, for example, or you're talking about movie stars that became so famous that they had to, like, check off the rom-com box, Mm -hmm. which I have one of those, too, which I'm very excited about. Um, But, like, why... Have you had a thought about why that is or why it's coming back in vogue a little bit? Is it streamers that killed the rom-com theater experience and now they're picking up the pieces and doing their own thing? Yeah. Or?
1: Well, I think I think talking to a couple of people um, at the library here, you know, that was one of the big ones that was brought up is, you know, we're not going to see rom-coms in cinema anymore. Yeah. You know, uh, Netflix has cornered a big chunk of the rom-com market now uh with a lot of their originals so you know nobody's going out to the the theater you know and it
0: you're not gonna spend 27 dollars to see a rom-com right
1: yeah and 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 not only that but i think i don't know have rom-coms been more become more like settled and comfortable in in their own right of that they're not kind of pushing the boundaries of what a rom-com is anymore they're not they're not necessarily getting big names attached to them I think that that makes a
0: huge difference I think the director writer and the big names are you getting the chemistry of the leads are you getting the snappy dialogue from Mm -hmm. a great writer Mm -hmm. and are you getting a director that isn't just doing a rom-com to do a rom-com but loves the genre and wants to do a rom-com because they love it yeah and not just because oh the studio said that if I did a rom-com I could do my whatever picture right right so I think the The love of rom coms, especially from an audience at a certain age, which I think maybe does cut off at millennial. Lee and I, we are both millennial, and we so (laughs) probably grew up with a lot of these films. They were playing on TV. Our parents were watching them. Whatever. I'm sure a lot of them were a little bit like racier than we realized as children. (laughs) I rewatched Pretty Woman recently. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. that's that's something that that I've been watching since I was about seven years old with no idea about context. (laughs) Um, But now, you're right. I think Netflix does have the want to do it, mm-hmm. but are they doing it, are they going to do it right for the long term? I don't know. Set it up that came out, what is that, 2019 now, I think, yeah. maybe. It was really great. Call Me, um, no, Always Your Maybe. I'll always Be My Maybe, yep. Great. With, like, the best cameo appearance of all time, Keanu right. playing itself. So if you <laughs> haven't seen it already, absolutely hilarious. Yeah. But we're talking about movies, again, that care about the chemistry of the leads and mm-hmm. not just like – and not to poo-poo them. I don't love Hallmark movies because I feel like it's just they're casting whomever, mm-hmm. and if they have chemistry, great. If they don't, it doesn't matter. And I think for a rom-com – because we're talking about movies that focus on the relationship of the main couple.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So if the chemistry is not there, I'm not invested. The audience isn't invested in general, and they don't matter. They don't take – the long-term, like, mind of a movie watcher. Like, we're literally going to talk to you about movies, some of them made 40 years ago. Yeah. And they are fantastic. I'm sorry.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely amazing. And and that was the golden... Oh, should I say that? Is that the golden age of rom-coms maybe back then? Um,
0: I think that in the late 80s and early 90s, you could definitely make an argument yeah. for it. I think... If you're, like, a film historian type of person, you would think back to, like, bringing up Baby, and Mm, it happened one night, you know, with huge, again, huge movie stars, we're talking about, that made rom-coms, and they were the biggest pictures of the year. They were even nominated for, you know, awards and accolades and all of that from, you know, quote-unquote, rom-coms. Right. (laughs) But they were so well done. You're talking about the snappiness of dialogue. For me, it's the dialogue. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. almost always right when i'm reading a romance when i'm watching a romance if you will it's that it's that back and forth
1: yeah yeah and and while i and i and to add on to that i think because you already talked about it so dialogue the the wittiness the sharpness mm-hmm. of, of of the of that going on along with the chemistry yes it is is what really makes those shine because yeah. they they did take time and care In selecting, you know, each individual piece and made sure that everything fit like a puzzle piece almost to make the film work. And not just focusing on like a broader narrative or something or a story that wanted to be told. Or
0: just like, you're available, so I'll take you. Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is a lot of them. Mm Mm-hmm. So we had a huge honorable mentions list, a huge long list. It doesn't even
1: begin to cover everything even. that was on our list. So, um, yeah.
0: so some of the ones that you won't see on our list are While You Were Sleeping, 13 Going on 30, Can't Buy Me Love, which I recently rewatched and is adorable. It has a lot of like things that aren't great about it, but mm-hmm. I loved it still. I have a discussion. I have a question for you. I did not put this one on my list because I wasn't 100% sure it was a rom-com. Right. Because I know that people say it's a rom-com. Devil Wears Prada, where do you fall? Uh,
1: you know, I, I, considering some of my picks that I made <laughs> and and that I might have to argue that they themselves are rom-coms, you know what? I, I think Devil Wears Prada is a rom-com.
0: Yeah. I didn't put it on my list only because the relationship wasn't the central focus. Right. Yeah. But so many people will put it like I've seen it a million times it's a great film great dialogue all those great things that we were Mm -hmm. talking about great leads in all everyone's cast perfectly oh yeah but was the relationship the main drama and I would argue that it wasn't so I did not put it on my list but if you are listening to this podcast and you have not seen Devil's Wears Prada or you have not seen it in 10 15 years watch it yeah
1: rewatch it again it it is still it's fantastic like the
0: costuming alone it holds up yeah oh yeah gorgeous so we're going to get into our picks. Yeah. There's going to be some discussion. Yeah. My first pick, I'm a little bit embarrassed, to be honest with you. <laughs> because it's not that good.
1: Yeah. When I, when I saw this on the list, I was like, um, yeah. I'm going to have to talk
0: to her about this. It's um. not that good. Um, so my first pick is He's Just Not That Into You, which on its face and almost everything about it's terrible. I will agree. Yeah. I will admit. I have seen it so many times in the last probably three or four years. I don't know why, but it's one of those films where I'm scrolling and it's just like, oh, put it on. I can put it on. That's right. fine. And then you're like, I'll do it in the background. But then you don't. Then you start watching it. One of the relationships is interesting to you. So he's just not into you. He's just not that into you. Uh, came at a time where it was just right after Love Actually mm. with that big like cast where you'd visit them a few you know, moments at a time to see what they're doing. Right. So movies became very, like, they wanted that big cast, that star-studded big cast, yeah, to visit with them a little bit because you didn't have to, you know, spend the twenty million dollars for the one star because you had a million stars, so you could have all of your little stories. And he's just not that into you. Came from a book from one of the co-creators or co-directors of Sex and the City, right? And it was like a self-help It was book, a self-help was like dating yeah. book. Yeah. To be like, again, obviously, directed towards women. To be like, <laughs> oh, if he's not calling you, if he's not engaged with you in this particular way or that particular way, or you haven't met his parents by a certain point, blah, 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 blah. Uh, he's just not that into you. So it was a huge thing on Sex and the City. I don't know if you remember. But they had an episode about he's just not that into you mm. that sort of became the book, that became the movie. And... It sounds so terrible as a premise. And then you have a movie that is a rom-com where it breaks all of those he's-just-not-that-into-you rules from the book, right? Mm -hmm. So the relationships in there, some of them end happily, some of them end less happily, depending on your perspective. (laughs) Um, But the one relationship that I like the most that I think has the most grounded in like emotion is the relationship between Jennifer Aniston's character and Ben Affleck's character. Right. Because they've been together in a stable relationship for many years. They are not married and suddenly it's wrong that they're not married, not necessarily to them, but to the world, to, like, what that says, he's just not that into you. He, mm-hmm. You know, you've been together seven years, ten years, however long it was, and he is not proposed. Like, he's got one foot out the door, basically. And it's like, well, no. As you see their story in particular progress, he is there for her like after her father has his heart attack and she sees how her sister's husbands behave. And Ben Affleck at this point, his character and Jennifer Aniston's character are broken up and he shows up for her in a way that the husbands don't show up for their wives. Mm -hmm. And so she sort of realizes that they were fine. Like it was the societal expectation of a relationship and what it means that you're not married. And that's why I like this movie. Because it does look at relationship from, like, first dating or to, like, friends of friends. There's an infidelity plot line, mm-hmm. which I am not in love with. Um, but it shows, like, real aspects of relationship. I don't think it's that particularly well written and in some places not that well acted. But the relationship that resonates with me in particular is that Ben Affleck, Jennifer Aniston relationship. And, right. again, you're talking about two people who were huge. Like, they're still big stars Oh, now. absolutely. But we're yeah. talking about stars in their prime. Yeah. Like we're talking about early mid os like Jennifer Aniston yeah. coming off of Friends and Ben Affleck, who has always really been famous. Really yeah, since, yeah. You know, Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. But those relationships are good, and for whatever reason, I keep going back to it. So it gets to be number five, but only just.
1: <laughs> it just squeaks in. It squeaks in because right. of the
0: rewatchability of it. Right. I think the rewatchability is because you get to visit all of these different characters. Mm-hmm. So maybe you focus on something, again, that you didn't focus on before. Right,
1: right. So. Well, and I mean, I think that's a pretty common theme in a lot of the, the picks that yeah. you and I both have is rewatchability. Yeah. You know, because we want to watch these over and over again. You care about
0: the characters again. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. So, yeah. And I mean, you, you're right. I mean, the cast is just crazy. Oh, like, stacked. it's packed, yeah. you know. Um,
0: Drew Barrymore, Scarlett Johansson, Bradley yeah. Cooper, Jennifer Connelly. Every time you turn around, it's like... The biggest star of that time. <laughs> right, yeah. And, like, some of them have gone on to be even bigger stars now, but we're talking about people that were, like, big stars at the time. Like, it's it's a stacked film.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, I mean, and, and it's still, I mean... I, I was I was gonna bug you a little bit, but you already went into it, so I'm not going to now, I suppose. But but I mean, uh, taking a look online, like you know, the critics did pan it and everything yeah, oh, else. Yeah. But the people who enjoy it really actually still like it. And yeah. you know, there's there's a couple of responses that kind of talk about the same things that you do. That they've latched onto something very specific within the film. And that's that's kind of nice because there might be something in there for people, even if you if you've heard the reviews and you're like, nah, I'm gonna yeah. pass that one. Maybe watch it. You know, maybe you'll find something in there that you'll latch onto and that you like.
0: I think particularly if you're a single person of a certain age, hello, um, <laughs> that you can be kind of cynical to romance mm-hmm. or romantic comedy genre. And I think that this movie does have some great sort of. Thoughts, if you will, on Mm -hmm. the single experience, because a lot of the characters are like, yeah, in relationship. But there is a large focus also on those who are actively seeking love or maybe not so actively and what that means and trying to be friends and trying to do this and trying to do everything else. And I think that it is like, obviously, it's excited for, you know, the larger audience, but it's very based in reality of a situation. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know why I'm defending it so hard. You know, like, no, it it yeah. is good, but like, <laughs> it's not the best movie I've ever seen. I feel like I'm way overselling it to our audience.
1: <laughs> well, you, you, I mean, that that just means you got to go watch it yeah. and you got to decide for yourself. So.
0: <laughs> Lee, what's number five for you? Uh,
1: a all right, rule so, breaker?
0: <clears throat> Immediately a rule breaker for number five.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I, I kind of did a split. 51st Dates and Wedding Singer. So both Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Yeah um excellent
0: chemistry, when you're you, about chemistry. Yeah. yeah and
1: and that's that's the reason why it's partially my pick mm-hmm. is uh the chemistry between adam sandler and drew barrymore well well let's face it I, I think drew barrymore is probably the one that sells the chemistry yeah. the most in all of the movies that she's been in which is much. why
0: she's been famous since forever
1: yes absolutely yeah and so in these movies like it's just very i don't know like it, it there's just something about it that is just you know especially in 51st dates uh there are some elements in 51st Dates that I'm kind of, (laughs) that are kind of dated. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of tropes and a lot of like crude humor and stuff. I mean, classic Adam Sandler. So, I mean, if you've seen any of his films,
0: you won't be surprised. Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) Um, But there's something incredibly romantic to me of someone trying to make someone else fall in love with them every single day, you know? Um, and, And it's consistent effort, you know, and it, Sometimes it's a swing and a miss, you know, that doesn't work at all. And then there's other days where it's, like, nailed it, yeah, you know. um, And without going into the story too much and everything else, I mean, I I could probably spoil this because it's an old enough movie. It's about 20 years old. You probably, you should have seen it already by now, maybe, uh, potentially. Um, But, yeah, but, I mean, like, that idea of, like, of of trying to romance somebody 50 times over, uh, it's just, I just find that so... Yeah, like
0: at at its core, it has such a sweetness Mm -hmm. to it because, well, first of all, the audience hasn't been in love with Drew Barrymore since forever, so we know that Adam Sandler should want to love her and should want to woo her every day because we have loved her for 35 plus years, right? (laughs) So it's like, yes, of course, you should be making that effort, but the sweetness, so she's a character that loses her memory every day, yeah. Uh, she had she had an injury i think
1: yeah yeah a traumatic brain injury yeah. yeah
0: so she loses her memory every day and she has some of the perfect first dates with adam sandler's character and yeah she has some misses and her whole i love how that movie ends right the the sweetness of it it yeah. is it's in, it's an incredibly sweet movie and you sort of see like, Adam Sandler sort of has this, like, crude humor, or, like, he's a very good actor. Yeah. You see him in something like Uncut Gems, for example, yeah, and absolutely. he has a great performance. But there is a sweetness about him because he sort of has that, like, naive childlike quality, mm-hmm. which in some of his films is played up <laughs> way too much that it's cringy. Yeah. But I think in some movies like this, the sweetness really works because he doesn't seem like a creeper kind of guy where you're like no no Drew Barrymore no no yeah yeah (laughs) you're like no he's so nice well
1: yeah yeah. and they even address that in the film you know of of this guy's being a creeper you know that he's preying on somebody who has had a traumatic brain injury and that's where the supporting cast comes in I mean you know like Sean Astin and Blake Clark uh, do a fantastic job as her family and you know and then also uh, the the people who played uh, at the restaurant as well yes like so there's this community that surrounds Drew in the movie yeah. Um, that are initially worried about it.
0: Because and they love her. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. And they don't want to see more harm come to her, yeah. you know, than she already has had. Yeah. You know, uh, until they realize this guy looks like he wants to stick it out, you know, yeah. to the end kind of thing.
0: It's such a sweet film. And I didn't even think about it because I wasn't a huge, I'm not a huge Adam Sandler person. Like I've seen all, probably all of his films, let's be honest with ourselves. <laughs> but... It just, it didn't come to me straight away, but I'm so happy that you put it on your list and that you broke the rules. (laughs) So, Wedding Singer, do you remember watching for the first time?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean... uh there's so much about the wedding singer that I love, and and so many moments in yes. it, you know, and also the um, this is one of the ones that I picked also because the music that oh is associated my with it too. The
0: song at the end that he sings to her. Yeah. How are you not just like oh yes,
1: right? marry him? Yeah.
0: Glenn.
1: <laughs> Put a ring on it. Yes. <laughs> like I, I just little things like that in in this movie, and even in Fifty First Date, there's there's a couple of songs that stick with you, but mm-hmm. uh, I really enjoy the the music that went along with it, the soundtrack, uh, and and the stuff that they picked, you know, um, is it a little bit dated too? There's a couple of moments where I'm kind of like, meh, okay, like, yeah, yeah. but yeah, i again, a very sweet relationship between mm-hmm. him and Drew, and just and a very interesting one,
0: and I think very smart to put it in the '80s, right? Like it was made in the late '90s, '98, '99, yeah. something like that. But very smart to put in the eighties. The costumes, some of them over the top. <laughs> or, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but again, like Drew Barrymore, she's also in he's just not that into you as a mm-hmm. side character. Right. She has such a personal likeness and like sweetness about her that I find her insanely likable. Mm-hmm. And I see why, you know, fifty I don't think fifty first dates or wedding singer adam sandler and someone else is as successful no I no think you need someone like drew barrymore that the audience already loves
1: yeah I, she completely anchors it for yeah. sure and, and sells it too yes. I, I feel like like you know adam sandler does a good job yeah but it's it's really on drew Barrymore's shoulders for both of those movies i so feel like
0: good yeah good pick. thanks
1: thanks <laughs> what's your uh, what's your next one
0: i i'm gonna spoil something but like you'll have to just think about it until i get to my later pick <laughs> I have more than one Nicolas Cage film on <laughs> yes, my <you> list, do. <laughs> and the first one is Valley Girl from 1983, and it was recently remade, we're not, I didn't even, I don't know anything about the remake, we're not gonna touch the remake, it doesn't age super well, we're mm-hmm. talking about a movie from 1983, we're talking about humor from 1983, whatever. Also, we're talking about a movie that I probably watched as a child that absolutely I should not have watched as a child uh, when you actually know the context later on for some of the jokes. But so this is Nicolas Cage before, obviously, he's like Nicolas Cage It's one of his if not his like first starring film. Mm -hmm. And he's with someone who was, I think, famous at the time, but sort of, you know, went on to flounder a little bit in what they achieved in their career versus, you know, what he did. But there, if you talk about sweetness, so he is in love with the valley girl. And he's like a downtown LA kind of boy. And they're just a mismatched couple. Mm -hmm. They meet sort of randomly and he just falls head over heels in love with her and is trying to convince her in a non-creepy way, in my opinion, um, to love him back, that they could be in a relationship, that this could work. And it's, you know, it's all of that. Their chemistry is so good. He is so cute and, like, likable in the movie because he'll have, like, little moments where he's like, I'm the coolest guy ever. But then he'll have, like, little, like, goofy or smiley moments and you're like, ugh, love him. Why don't you love him? And, like, (laughs) he's just so... If you've been listening to the podcast for about five minutes, I think we realize that I have an obsession with Nicolas Cage that I didn't realize until I started doing this podcast. (laughs) But it's such... A good story and it just is the story that you get regurgitated to you through however many things in YA books in whatever right. it's the bad boy good girl trope she's a little young like they mm. set her like protagonist age in in real life she was an adult person but I'm pretty sure she was like 15 or 16 years old and he is older he's definitely not in high school anymore he's like 19 20 and doesn't age great yeah but he is just so likable. The fashion is outrageously bad. I don't think any of it really <laughs> <laughs> stands the test of time. But when we're going back to, like, movies that sort of, like, made us a little bit mm-hmm. or, or like, looking at our lists and realizing, oh, we have nothing from the last 10 or 15 years, it's because these movies were the, our watches, right? Yeah. These are the ones that we saw again and again. These are the ones where you can, like, quote random things. This is the first movie that I ever, like, loved a song from. And it was oh, okay. Modern English's Stop the World and Melt With You. Uh, okay, There's yeah. such, like, a little sequence in that movie. And as, like, a nine-year-old, I became obsessed with that song. I had a little cassette tape. Like, it was – I was obsessed with that song. And it's the first time – that a movie like introduced me to like a song that wasn't like a Disney movie Mm -hmm. where it's like part of the story, but where it's like, what is that song? Like, I love that song and it has nothing to do with anything. It just happens to be in the movie. Right. So I love it. Have you seen it?
1: Uh, I have not. I actually went looking for this and I was like, I, uh, cause I went looking for the things on your list. Uh, and Uh, Was this originally on your list? Yes, it was. It was. It was on your long list. Yeah, Yeah. so I was starting to try and go down the list, and then you reordered things, and I was like, no. Uh, So I have not seen this uh, except a, a couple of clips. Yeah, is all I've managed to catch. So
0: it's it's enjoyable. Yeah, I don't know if it hits as hard if you're watching for the first time as an elder millennial. But if it's a movie that you've grown up with, I'm sure some of you listening in the audience are like, oh my word, yes. And others of you are like, what are you even talking about? But if you get your hands on it, watch it with a somewhat open mind. It's made in 1983. We're not talking about an Academy Award winner. We are talking about like a proper teen 80s film. Right. That's all I can say. Right. Lee, what's your number four?
1: Uh, So my number four um, is Easy A. Easy A. And I picked this one because I don't know. I go back. I go back and I rewatch it. And when we when we were initially talking at the at the opening of the podcast here, we talked about uh, dialogue being really well written, mm-hmm. and that's what I find with A. It's very very well-written, silver-tongued moments, uh, sarcastic humor, biting remarks, all of those things, um, and Emma Stone sells it, yeah, like, great the the whole yeah. time, you know, um, and Stanley Tucci also as well, like, as being the father in the house, so <laughs> he has moments where it's just like, you know, th- 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 like, there was moments in this where I would say, like, most rom-coms, I don't have, like, belly laughs.
0: Yeah,
1: In Easy A, I had at least one good belly laugh or more.
0: So I'm gonna pause you at this one. Is Easy A a romantic comedy?
1: Uh, th- okay, so <laughs> this is only the first yeah. of many for Lee. <laughs> uh, I I do think it is. Like it, uh, I, I know you could argue the romance part of it. Uh, the comedy is definitely
0: there. hundred percent. So
1: I mean, it's a comedy romance, maybe or maybe. Hmm. Uh, uh, maybe just a comedy with a sprinkling of romance, <laughs> uh, but it definitely—I I don't know. Like, I
0: think it falls in that in between, like *Devil Wears Prada* does. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. And and so again, in that in that same vein, like there is a romantic kind of. Storyline, an arc that mm-hmm. is going through it. It may not be plot A, but it's definitely plot B. Like yeah. it's this underpinning of or of is what's it plot A? On. Is
0: it her love story with herself and creating a life that she? True.
1: Wants? Yeah, very true. I mean, and that's a possible way to look at it too. Absolutely, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, like, I don't know. I I kind of feel like when I watch it, like it it is something that I would more put into that category of of something that's a little more romantic than what i would normally watch for a comedy yeah straight up
0: that's true that's yeah. fair it's a good one and like talk about launching someone into absolute oh, yeah superstardom
1: yeah and, and i mean uh also amanda Bynes is in it and she does a great job of what she does
0: Oh, i forgot you know. about her yes
1: yeah and i mean and and easy a is very kind of tropey um and if you haven't seen it it is very loosely based on a scarlet letter, um, you know, which is a lot
0: of liberties taken. Right. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, Although, and then they throw it in your face, of course, uh, as you would
0: see. She literally wears an A. Yeah, exactly. A a red A. Yeah. Um,
1: So, yeah. So, I mean, like it's got a lot of different elements going for it that I just really enjoyed. And, and yeah, Emma Stone just rocks it and, and just absolutely slays this movie. And I'm, I'm just, that's pretty much why I was like, I gotta, I think I gotta put it in there. You gotta because... represent for her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and she went on to do some like great movies, mm-hmm. particularly with Ryan Gosling as her yes. romantic partner, not in real life in the film. Right. I don't want to besmirch anyone's <laughs> honor. Um, but she just has such chem. When you're talking about chemistry, likability, watchability, she has excellent timing. Mm-hmm. She, cause she's young in that film. Like, yeah. And it's one of her first, films and definitely her first starring film yeah so she really does knock it out of the park and you can see oh yeah you're you're gonna be something
1: yeah absolutely yeah and and i mean just from the moment like when it starts i mean the first few moments of the film and the first lines of dialogue (laughs) yeah yeah i mean like there's so many just little and again we talk about music so much yeah because i mean that's the, what flavors a lot of our picks, I yeah, think. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that's exactly it. Like, just yeah. little weird things like that. And I was like, oh, why, how could I not like this or love <laughs> yeah. this film even? Like, yeah. So
0: good. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, so my number three pick is going to be Deferred in Conversation. Oh, yeah,
1: that's right, yeah.
0: Because it's Lee's number one pick. So we don't want to spoil it. So Lee, tell us your number three.
1: Uh, all right. So my number three, um, again, an arguable rom-com uh is Mr. and Mrs. Smith.
0: I have to say right off the bat, I have never seen it.
1: You have never seen?
0: Never. Okay. I hated all of the like press around mm-hmm. the film that by the time it came out I was already tired of them and I didn't want to see their faces. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean fair. I mean absolutely. And I mean and this launched Brangelina. Yeah. Like this is Oh yeah. They they were shipped. From that moment oh, forward, yeah. and, and and then obviously created a power couple, which uh, no longer Inevitably, exists now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, and I mean, this movie is so full of like it's got action, it's got comedy, it has the romantic element to mm-hmm. it. You know, um, it it kind of talks a lot about like this uh, this problem sometimes in relationships where communication breaks down. Yeah and they're not talking as much and so you know obviously to
0: a level the rest of us are not aware
1: yeah absolutely yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know and and so to to spoil it uh sadly for all of (laughs) y'all you know they're they're both spies and they work for competing government organizations and when the organizations find out that they are both living in the same household uh they get the order to go after each other basically and eliminate
0: the competition
1: exactly yeah (laughs) and so then that's where the action part comes in yeah um, but there's so many great moments in in it uh, comedy wise that I don't think could have been sold by anybody other than Brad Pitt. yeah He, he just is so good at these little nuances yeah. to to things and uh, then we talk about chemistry and oh, obviously <laughs> you know this this movie got them I mean I, I assume that they were Uh, doing stuff during the filming of this film (laughs)
0: romantically entangled
1: yes yes because it's very obvious yeah like the chemistry is is there completely and you almost kind of feel like uh
0: it's too intimate to be watching yeah
1: almost yeah because it's like you're almost watching them fall in love on screen yeah in in certain moments and it's so intimate and so passionate that um it's just one of my and it's one of my favorite films to rewatch because it's not too heavy on the romance Mm -hmm. you know it's not too heavy on the comedy it's not it's not cringy but it's it's you know it still is comforting to a certain degree but then it's got enough action for someone like me that (laughs) you know i I can like go back and i'm like the pacing
0: can really like take it over the edge yeah having those lulls (laughs) right yeah (laughs) yeah yeah.
1: so uh, i i mean this this film like it just has all of that for me and it's going to match up with another one of my picks because again that kind of actiony feel to the movie kind of like helps spur the their narrative and everything else yeah. and and it helps to keep me uh i think keep me more in the zone for for watching the movie and enjoying elements to it and there, there's always something new uh that i'm finding kind of like for you uh, yeah. he's he's just not that into you there's these little moments that i keep finding in the movie um, even though some of the supporting cast is kind of tossed aside, like and there's some big names in there. You know, yeah. even Jennifer Morrison is is part of the the supporting cast. Vince Vaughn is in it, and uh, I'm not a big fan of what but he like, does for again, the film.
0: Vince Vaughn at that time, right? He wanted Vince Vaughn in your
1: movie? Absolutely, yeah. right? Yeah, and especially for like the comedic yeah. bits. But I don't even know if he needed to be there for yeah. it. So
0: ooh, controversial take. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe coming for Vince Vaughn <laughs> on our library podcast.
1: But I mean, overall, I I just I love the movie, and and so does Carly. Yeah. So I mean, we watch it together quite often, and and we just love it.
0: For our listeners, Carly is Lee's partner. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not just some random Carly that he meets on the street. Right. Yeah. 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 Um. I don't think you've convinced me to watch it. I think the time has passed for me and Mr. and Mrs. Smith. That's fair. I feel like it's a little bit weird to watch it for the first time after they've already broken up. I don't know. Yeah. But again, maybe it's playing one day or, you know, I get talked into it because I have, like, movie-watching friends, whatever. But everything I hear about it, it's all about, like, chemistry and performance. And, like, Brad Pitt is a little bit controversial at present. Yep. But he delivers in films. There's a reason that his career has spanned for as long as it has. On screen, I don't know what he does behind the scenes, but on screen, he's very likable. You watch something like Ocean's Eleven when you're thinking about like comedic timing or small moments, Um, even Bullet Train that Mm -hmm. just came out this last August. Like, he does have those moments. He's able to deliver a particular type of character that is very likable, very charismatic for the screen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very saleable for sure. Yeah.
0: My number two, when we're talking about like, Back in the day. We're talking about the 80s and 90s. We're allowed to say back in the day. Because Sage is not here not. Back in the day, yes. <laughs> um, when we're talking about movies, rom-coms in particular, either being making stars
1: mm-hmm.
0: or, you know, having the big stars. My second pick had one of the biggest stars of the 90s. One of the biggest stars today. Yeah. yeah. But biggest stars of the 80s and 90s. We're talking about someone who came off Star Wars who came off Indiana Jones if you don't know who it is by now what are you going (laughs) to do and listen to a movie podcast yeah
1: yeah go watch a lot of more movies
0: (laughs) obviously Harrison Ford Harrison Ford stars as a romantic lead in Working Girl uh, with Melanie Griffith and their sort of foil is Sigourney Weaver right so Sigourney Weaver plays a character a woman who's high up in business her secretary is played by Melanie Griffith her name is Tess (laughs) And she steals an idea from Melanie Griffith, And Melanie Griffiths finds out about it because, of course, Sigourney Weaver's character gets hurt in a ski accident because it's very 80s. And she's <laughs> out of the office. And now Tess has taken over this office. She is, you know, playing this part now of mm-hmm. this, like, high-value, like, businesswoman. She knows, like, all the things. And she does know things. She has been, you know, bettering herself. She's been reading. She's been going to classes, etc., and so she meets one Harrison Ford. And literally, if I was meeting an 80s version of Harrison Ford, I would just be in a puddle. <laughs> there, Like, to me, the 80s Harrison Ford, and like, he's good in a lot of films. But 80s Harrison Ford, if there is a bigger charisma machine than 80s Harrison Ford. Uh, Who is it? No,
1: I don't. Uh, there is no There's way. no there, argument. No, yeah.
0: Like, he is just fantastic. When you're talking about, like, small comedic moments, which he's not necessarily known for. I mean, he has some, like, little Hound Solo moments that definitely mm-hmm. has a little bit of that flavor. Um, but he has these, like, little moments with her that are just beyond anything. Their chemistry is, like, cute, but very sensual, very adult. Mm-hmm. Their relationship is so good. It's centered around business and him being impressed by her and, like, her sort of being impressed by him. But, like, not enough impressed by him where she doesn't make him work for it a little bit. And it's just an insanely well-done film. And... I'm pretty sure that Melanie Griffith was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actress.
1: Yeah, well, the for the show, that film. yeah. So the show itself was nominated for six Academy Awards and four Golden Globes. So because it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it, it definitely and it won. Sorry, it won four Golden Globes, not just nominated. Mm. So yeah. So I mean, it, it definitely hit big, and it's the it's another pick in your roster that has like name after name after name of, like, these really big top Hollywood, like, yeah. you know, you've already said Melanie Griffith, uh, Oliver Platt is in it. Yeah, uh, Alec
0: Baldwin. Alec
1: Baldwin, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you saw
0: Lee space <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, Joan Cusack, even Ricky Lake is in it. Yeah. You know, um. Joan
0: Cusack. Y- yeah. Round of applause for Joan Cusack in every single film. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, like, this is yet another list where you've just, like, dominated it with these really big names. Yeah. Um. And And everyone's
0: on their A-game. Yeah. No one's phoning it in, even though it's like a little rom-com. Yeah. And like they're all – like we're talking about people who are at the apex of their careers in some ways. Absolutely. Like we're talking about Harrison Ford, fresh off of like two of the biggest (laughs) films of those last couple of decades. Mm -hmm. We're talking about Sigourney Weaver, who redefined what it means to be an action hero some few years before in Aliens and Alien even. And then we're talking about Melanie Griffith, who is – a Nepo baby, if you will, who probably a lot of people didn't have that much thought about or whatever, especially when you're stacking her up against these two. Mm -hmm. But she is so incredibly likable and believable as Tess that you are rooting for her the whole time. Right. And you are in it with her and you don't like her bad boyfriend, Alec Baldwin. And you are like, yes, Harrison Ford, you are the one. You better be loving our (laughs) Tess in the same way that we do. It is just, it has so many things. And I think a lot of people our age um, haven't seen it because mm-hmm. I think it's one of those like hidden rom-coms it's not one that you hear a lot in the discussion yeah. but it is a movie that I have seen so many times probably because of my mom and her also love for 80s Harrison Ford because bless right <laughs> <laughs> but like have you seen it Lee?
1: yeah so yeah and so I've seen it a while ago yeah uh, we'll say and
0: uh, <laughs> a moment or two has passed since. <laughs>
1: absolutely yeah but um, and it was one that I've, I actually wasn't even thinking of until I saw it on your list, and then I was like, "Oh yeah!" And and it was a, it was a great movie, not just for for the Harrison Ford bits, yeah. and you know Melanie Griffith does an amazing job in what she does. Well, the whole cast does really, yeah. um, but it has a strong narrative too, mm-hmm. you know. And it, it's, she goes on a journey. Yeah, and it's one of the few movies from back. Well, maybe not one of the few, but it is a. a an example of a movie back then of a very strong female character. Mm-hmm. Um, Ambitious. Yes. And, yeah. and,
0: and, and not shamed for it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Th- that's the most important part because yeah. I think in a lot of the movies that we see sometimes there's you're either that, a
0: career woman or you're the romantic. Lead. Yeah.
1: And you can't get both yeah. you have to give one of them up. It, it That's kind of that Hallmark thing yeah. sometimes. Uh, yeah.
0: You know, Ooh, I've gone back to my small town and now I realize the right. true meaning of everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean like it, it that's, that's what makes, I think, this movie particularly special is because it has so much going for it that we always talk about, which is the chemistry yes. and, and these names that draw you to it. But the
0: writing, the directing, yeah. the performances. Yeah. And, yeah. This, and
1: this one happens to have not just all of that, but then this great narrative that is attached to yeah. it, too. Great uh,
0: character arc that you yeah. don't necessarily go into a rom-com expecting. Yeah. You expect them to already be fully formed. They're on their journey for just love. But like Tess is on a journey to get a better life for herself. Mm -hmm. She wants to not just, in her mind, just be the secretary who's on the little typewriter, like pushing paper. She wants to be the person making those decisions. And it's us following her of how she's doing that. Mm -hmm. But then it's also following her fall in love with Harrison Ford from the 80s. Harrison Ford! I cannot Ford. even tell you how <laughs> much that is important to me. Um, it's so good. And if you haven't watched it, definitely, definitely watch it. Yeah, I definitely put it on
1: to. the list. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely.
0: What's your number two,
1: Lee? Well, my number two, so uh, again, an action-y type rom-com, if you will. Uh, A Knight's Tale, you know, starring Heath Ledger.
0: So good, which I never even thought about but now that I'm seeing it on your list I was like yes of course
1: yeah yeah incredibly rewatchable yeah and I mean like this is this is a movie that I rewatch over and over again much more than some of the other ones that I've listed on here Mm -hmm. and it's just because it 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 is a classic for me. And, uh, Great soundtrack when
0: you're talking about music. Yes,
1: yeah. yeah. And so that's one of the things that I, I've seen people talk about, that um, the anarchisms of using modern-day music yeah. in something that is supposed to be a period piece. Yeah. And, and, and just so everyone knows, if you haven't seen the behind-the-scenes, if you've never seen this movie, the director made that choice to put those songs in very specifically because he wanted people to realize that, you know, people in the medieval days had their own songs, their own pump up music, you know, their own dance music that to us, you know, doesn't sound that great, (laughs) you know, but then when you get David Bowie going, you know, and you're dancing to that, like we can, we can.
0: Oh yeah. We're like, oh, you're in it. Yeah,
1: right. Exactly. So those were, those are very chosen moments. And Mm -hmm. so again, there's that musicality thing to it. Um, And, um, you know, every, everyone in that movie, you know, Paul Bettany and Alan Tudyk and, uh, they Alan all do. Tudyk.
0: I love him literally every <laughs> single time I see him on whatever screen I see him on. Yeah. He's amazing. And that probably was one of the first movies that I saw with him. Like he is a Firefly, firefly fame. Right. And you know, a myriad of things. If you, if you don't know his name and you saw his face, you'd be like, oh yeah, he's been in blank, 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 yeah. blank.
1: I mean, he, he's Hilarious. a, he's a Juilliard, you know, yeah. taught. I mean, he was, he played the chicken in Moana. Yeah. I, I love if that you don't him. know. But <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, everyone in this cast and, you know, it was at the time, you know, uh, back when we had MTV music awards. Yeah. Uh, oh my word. Yeah. It yeah. was, it was up for best kiss and also <laughs> yeah. best breakout actress. Yeah. Um, for
0: Shannon Sossaman. Yeah, that's yeah. right.
1: So. Um, and another reason why I really like this, not just for, you know, the medieval stuff and the, the jousting, um, which is what William goes through, you know, he's, he's common born, he's not, a, you know, a noble by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but he finds his chance to potentially change his stars. Yeah. Uh, and oh, I love
0: that. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> you know, that's a line that's
1: fed throughout the movie. Yeah. Um And, and so we get to follow him on this journey of, of trying to accomplish this while trying to romance, uh, while trying to, you know, bring these two worlds together that should never collide, you Mm know, um, being a, a commoner and then becoming a noble, um, you know, and there's just, there's just so much in it that, um, for the, for the narrative and then also like for each of the characters, they all have their standout moments. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's truly left behind, like in some other romantic No, they're an
0: ensemble for sure. Yeah.
1: So and and that's kind of like even the the, the person who plays Kate, who's the blacksmith, has their own moment too. Yeah. And it's not just like a another romantic interest for the male lead to have. She stands on her own and she has her own stuff that she has going on. No mm-hmm. interest in, in William Thatcher. Yeah. You know, um, and she's just there to provide support to to his journey basically yeah. of, of that so
0: also a little fun fact mark addy who is a member of their <laughs> little group went on to play robert baratheon on game of Thrones.
1: right yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so if you want to see him as non-robert baratheon yeah. uh, as roland instead uh, and
0: like have fun and like be a, like he's hilarious oh
1: yeah he's great they're and all
0: great they all have great comedic timing they all have chemistry amongst them as well. Yeah. Like our four male leads that you had already mentioned, like Heath Ledger, Alan Tudyk, Paul Bettany, and Mark Addy. The four of them together are magic. Yeah. Whatever combination of that four as you're following them through the movie, hilarious. Always good. Always watchable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and again, uh, like I said, to that replayability, mm-hmm. it, I, it finds its way into my DVD player more often <laughs> than not. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, uh, ooh, are we on to...
0: We're on to uh, my number your
1: one. Your number one, right. Don't spoil yours. <laughs> okay, okay, we'll hold up, well, hold
0: up. So my number one is my second Nicholas Cage film <laughs> of the romantic comedy <laughs> genre, you know, as you do. It's Moonstruck. Mm-hmm. So Moonstruck, let's talk about this for a moment. First of all, Cher had been an actress in the 80s, uh, pretty solid actress, yep. as far as I can tell. Obviously, I am not a film critic, nor was I an adult person in the eighties. But g- going back to rewatch her movies, we're talking about a huge, huge, huge star, mm-hmm. and she was able to play characters that were characters. There's definitely some of that like confidence of like, being share behind particular characters, but she's she's a good actress, highly likable, definitely. highly watchable.
1: I agree. Yeah.
0: So we get to Moonstruck, nineteen eighty eight. And Cher is cast, again, with a somewhat middle-known Nicolas Cage. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, not a big star. He's done some few things yeah. since Valley Girl, but we're not talking about, like, Nicolas Cage of the 90s. Right. So he's younger, obviously, than Cher. And she plays Loretta. And Loretta lives at home with her parents. Her husband, she's a widow. She, her husband died very young. She's been living with her parents She is just what they rely on. It's very Mm family-centered. So she has been dating a gentleman, I think, older than her, Johnny Camareri. And he gets news that his mother is unwell in Italy, and he must away to Italy very quickly. And he proposes to her in a very haphazard, garbage (laughs) way. But she's at a point where she is like, oh, this is probably the best it's gonna get. Yeah. I'll get married. I don't have to live with my parents anymore. He's, you know, he's got, I think he's got some money. Yeah. I yeah. think he's a solid adult person living, like, I don't think he's a bad dude, right? <laughs> so she's like, I'll marry him. He um, proposes with his pinky ring. It's, that's an important part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and so she goes home and she's like, I'm engaged. Everyone's like, to who? She's like, you know, Johnny Camareri. And they're all like, ugh, fine, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Her mother, played by Olympia Dukakis, hilarious. Yeah. She's like, Do you love him? She says, no. She's like, perfect, because if they love you, they can drive you crazy. <laughs> and when you're talking about like that snappy, excellent dialogue, yes. every single person is fantastic. Yeah. So before Johnny aways to Italy, he says to shares Loretta, go and visit my brother. I want him to be at the wedding. There's bad blood between us. So I, I need you to, you know, soften things yeah, up yeah. And, and help us get back together as, as brothers. So she makes it her duty. She's going to be part of this family. She's going to get these brothers back together. So the brothers Camerari, uh, previously, I don't think Johnny Camerari owns it with him anymore, but they own a bakery. Right. Goes, so the first time we see Nicolas Cage, he is in a white tank top, a little bit sweaty, but... Um, very like we're t- we're talking. He's becoming Nicolas Cage of the '90s. Right. So he has that body that we know of, of Nicolas Cage of the '90s. How <laughs> how deep are we getting on this? Leave <laughs> um, not
1: very deep. Hopefully, <laughs> so
0: we see Nicolas Cage for the first time, very juxtaposed from Johnny Camerari's sort of like mama's boy mm-hmm. vibe to be like this like quote unquote man look, and like obviously everyone's doing a double take at manly nicholas cage so she gives him no sympathy she gives him nothing and she's basically just like snap out of it get it together what are we doing here you're wasting my time and so he is immediately in love with her because obviously he is obviously right obviously obviously. yeah and it just gets better it just gets better from that point It's amazing. Their chemistry is amazing. Yes. Outfits, her outfit that she goes to the opera in, iconic. Mm -hmm. Her hair that she gets done, oh, one of the most romantic moments in any movie that I've ever seen is, so Ronnie, um, Nicolas Cage, convinces her to go to the opera with him and then he'll be done with her he he won't say another word about being in love with her and she can marry johnny Camerari, and they can live happily ever after so they go to the opera together and she's got her hair done in the meantime she's bought a new dress she's a woman who doesn't spend money on her appearance mm-hmm. or treat herself to these sort of things so she's dressed up for him she gets there she looks beautiful she share and he just says thank you for the dress and i just like Swoon, <laughs> like to me, he is a romantic lead perfection mm. in Moonstruck because again, we're talking about a strong female character again yeah. in the '80s. Yeah, Good for you '80s. Yeah, and he's in love with the strength of her. He's never asking her to be quieter, to be meeker, to be less than he is mm-hmm. because, in some ways, personality-wise, he is much quieter, much different than she is. Right. But they complement each other so perfectly. And then, anyways, things happen. It's fantastic. If you have not seen Moonstruck, what are you doing? Yeah, she won the Academy
1: Award for Best Actress. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Best Supporting Act- Actress for Dukakis mm-hmm. as well. So and Best Original Screenplay. And, and I mean, like, it, that's the thing. And you bring up Nicolas Cage not being necessarily at the top of his game yeah. yet, and share run up. Yeah, share very specifically wanted him for the part, yeah. and and wanted no one else. She was, big, nobody can and do crazy, yeah. like oh, Nicolas yeah. Cage. <laughs> and basically. We didn't
0: even knew how crazy he could get. Y- yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and, there's still more to go. Crazy Nicholas Cage. <laughs> yeah
1: absolutely we're gearing up to yeah. you know full Nicolas Cage yeah, we're
0: gearing up to face off my friends <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah
1: so like there, there's so much um to this movie where where there's just like the background work had it not been done I don't think it would be the same movie like yeah. it has to have Cher it yes. has to have Nicolas Cage yeah. without those two uh, it would not have been no because their chemistry
0: is so good their delivery with each other Just, like, their physical chemistry Mm. in the room. Like, how they, like, sort of orient themselves when they're sharing a space. Yeah. Is, I think that's the first movie that I noticed where actors were very, like, physically aware of each other. And not just, like, I have to hit my mark. Yeah. Um, Just... So so good. Yeah,
1: real moments. Yes, from from them from, whenever they're yeah. in the same you know scene together, you you, you can't just take know. Your eyes yeah, you, yeah, you you can see it happening. Yeah, and again, it's almost that a little bit of that voyeuristic almost feel to yeah, it. Yeah, it
0: feels very intimate because yeah. it feels they feel very believable. Absolutely, as, and even though they fall in love literally, I think over like three days. Yeah, but you're like yeah.
1: Yeah, because it hits—it it hits that immediateness <laughs> yeah. of of it, right? Like it hits right off the right yeah. off the beat, yeah. So, a- absolutely, like this is—I I see why you picked this as your <laughs> number one app. Like it just is amazing, yeah. Full
0: disclosure to our listeners and to you, Lee. I forgot about Moonstruck. I completely wasn't even on my long list for the longest time, and then I was reading something else, and probably about Nicholas Cage because that's where I am, of course, wife, yep. all the time. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh how could I not have put Moonstruck on the long list? And mm. it went from, like, not being on the list to being number one.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's nowhere in the 10 that you had. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the order that you were playing with. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I saw one day and I was like, oh, yeah, Moonstruck. Because yeah. I'm I'm also going to admit... What I wasn't in my brain either, yeah. kind of like Working Girl, uh, you know, it was not in my brain because yeah. some of these movies have just kind of like
0: they're they, part of you, they're part of what you know and whatever. Yeah. you just can't bring them up, whatever. You yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though we really love them and and they are rewatchable, mm-hmm. there's still kind of like there's been enough time that there's a lot of other stuff that has entered my brain and I think a little yeah. bit's fallen out <laughs> until until <laughs> we I get to. S-
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, totally, totally fair. So, my number three Your pick. number three. And Lee's number one. My number one. I'll let you reveal Lee.
1: Yeah. Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You.
0: Obviously, it had to be on the list. Yes.
1: Uh, my second Heath Ledger. So, I mean, I have a thing as well, apparently. You've got Nicolas Cage, and, you know, I've got Heath Ledger. Yeah. Uh, Julia Stiles. And it's...
0: Just everybody. Yeah. Every I mean, teen person from that era. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it... It's uh, it's of course based uh, adapted from Taming of the Shrew, yeah. um, and uh, it, it does kind of follow a bit of that storyline uh, to a certain degree. Like certain that's kind beats, of, yeah, yeah, that's kind of the, the the main plot that it kind of follows. But everything that comes out of that, this is like your classic teen growing up oh, it was rom- comedy. Com- yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, um, and I think the the some of it for me that sells it is is the Shakespeare part, uh, which is actually a little cheesy at some points in the movie. You know, they they lean heavily into it a little bit with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you know, quoting it and stuff like that. Um, But man, does it hit. And every single time I watch it, like it just... I don't know. Like the... Everything about the chemistry between Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles, the the writing that was done, uh, even the music. It's a smart
0: one, yeah. You oh, know, the music! The, I had the soundtrack. Yeah, believe. yeah, right.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like, and when I first watched this, like, I was just you know hearing kind of ska music, yeah. in general with no doubt, you know, Gwen Stefani, <laughs> um, and so I was like, oh yeah, like I like this stuff. Like this is this is good. Like when you're
0: talking about Heath Ledger, you're talking also. Like, this is one of his first big films. Mm -hmm. And when you're watching him, especially, like, when we were watching at the time, but looking back on it now, even, like, we're talking about someone who has had the ability to have that charisma at, like, that Harrison Ford level. Right. Just highly watchable. His little smiles, his little, like, cheek to the audience, his, like, just what he brought to the screen really elevated that film Mm -hmm. in a way that if you just got someone who was playing a broody bad boy type it's not the same yeah like you're talking about someone who has the little winks has the little smiles like sort of nods to the audience but not in that you know cheesy way yeah and you immediately can see that he was really destined to be one of the biggest stars of our time Mm -hmm. and it's very disappointing (laughs) To yeah. know that it didn't get there for him. But you can see that in A Night's Tale. You see that in 10 Things I Hate About You. That just absolute charisma factory. Yes. Like, that he was privy to.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and even at the beginning of the, the movie, uh, he th- isn't even, like, the, the primary character no. at that point. You know? Um,
0: and he has dark hair.
1: <laughs> yeah. We know him right. as a blonde.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, like, there, there's... Uh, there's that lead into it before you kind of get to the um, meat and potatoes of, yep. of the romance part of it you know and you it, see him in
0: the periphery you see him with the other characters yeah, you see him, yeah. and you
1: see him not as he is either yeah. you know you're, you see him as they see him exactly yeah. yeah so when they when you're first introduced to him you know you, you get that semblance of what you said like yeah. that bad boy you the know, one like note he's been to prison yeah. you know like the <laughs> uh, in high school he's been to prison yeah you know, all for, of those yeah.
0: little stories and rumors yeah
1: yeah exactly and and so you don't even get to see him as he is until he you until know
0: she sees him he, as he is
1: exactly yeah, yeah until Kat you know uh starts to see that and and so it this it has like layers as a movie yeah. that it kind of peels things away for you and starts to kind of like show you the, the real underneath because, you know, even one of the other characters who's who's the foil, uh, <laughs> he, he's sh- initially shown to be like this popular jockey kind of yeah. modely kind of guy. But then you start getting the, the bits and pieces that tell you that he's not such a great guy. Yeah. Things have happened. And that he
0: doesn't really have confidence either. Right. Like he's looking for the external validation. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so there's so many things that that um, I think ten things hate about I uh, hate about you has, that it kind of like pulls you in through each step of the way, mm-hmm. and you're learning something new about the characters as you go along, uh, especially the first time that you yeah. watch it. You know, um, you, you're you're uncovering all these things, and it's a it's a wide movie. It's got lots of supporting cast in it. You know. Um, uh, Alison Janney is in it as Miss Perky.
0: I um, love her from everything, always, forever. She is my C.J. Craig. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but she, you know, and I mean, she's there mostly for comedic relief.
0: And to me, that's very like a Joan Cusack role. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's very that vibe. Yeah.
1: And, and and even though I don't know if it's needed that she needs to be in there for yeah. that, but it's like better that her. she is. Yeah. So, yeah it, it's for the best that yeah. she is there. Yeah. Um, and... The, again, uh, it, that Shakespearean kind of backstory to it also is like something that intrigues me uh, personally because I love Shakespeare and yeah. I love, you know, the exploration of that. And um, I, I always enjoy it. It's like a Baz Luhrmann thing, you know, when he took Romeo and Juliet and he brought it to screen and, yeah. and just changed the way that we kind of look at Shakespeare. Clueless,
0: that didn't even yep. make Clu- our list. Uh,
1: Clueless was on my, my top five. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It should be an honorable mentions. I apologize to anybody We're out there. We're
0: honorably mentioning it now. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> um, you know, it, it, those types, for some reason, it just kind of it hits me. Yeah. And, I, and I just, it, something in my core, it, you know, resonates with it.
0: Well, and when you're talking about it being layered and the characters, none of them are what they appear to be right. when they're introduced to us, right? Um, but, like, for a teen comedy, a teen romantic comedy, it's sort of unexpected that writers and directors would look at these, you know, quote-unquote younger characters and be like, oh, maybe you have more than what meets the eye. And right. I think a lot of times now or even before, when you're watching teen comedies they don't necessarily age well because it's as an adult sees a teen in the moment yeah whereas these characters are are layered you see them as others see them you see them as they see themselves Mm -hmm. but then you see them as they are and you have some like really great moments at the end when she's reading her poem
1: yes yeah
0: and she cries I recently read something last month sometime about how Originally, that's not in the script. Oh. That when she was reading it, she just felt in the moment, she was just sort of overcome. Right. And so she continued to read because, you know, film was rolling. We're not talking digital cameras at the time. Right. So she just continued to read. And then they were like, that's perfect. That's the one. And it is, like, it needed that emotion yeah. to me. It needed that moment when she, like, looks at him and says, I didn't hate you, not even a little bit, not even at all. Yeah. Like, and you're just like, oh, forgive him. Yeah, yeah. He knows not what he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But just great, great moments. So many quotable moments, so mm-hmm. many fantastic moments and I think it's carried by all of them. And you can see, you know, Julia Styles went on to great acclaim in her career. Joseph Gordon Levitt yeah. similarly. A lot of them have had longevity in mm-hmm. the movie business. But I think the movie is stolen by Heath Ledger's performance. Yeah. And just all of the all of the aspects, all of the sweetness, all of the charisma, all of the bad boyness, all of the yeah. everything. Just perfect. Just yeah, like perfect yeah
1: it's it's like a, a smoldering starts as a smoldering fire and then it just he just erupts into yeah. like you know especially when he gets into the singing moment yeah. uh too like that's another one where I just love it and, I, and that's where it, again it sold me so much yeah. you know uh to see them come out of this, you know, uh, he's just a bad boy and whatever else. And you can actually see that he's got real emotions and that he's a real... He's not one note. He's not one thing. Yeah. And all of the characters are dynamic. Not not just the primary leads, but everybody is. Yeah.
0: So good. What an excellent film. Like, I can remember seeing that for the first time. I can... That's one of the ones again that you put in, and you're like, oh, I can have that on the background, and then it's just like, oh, I'll watch that scene, and then I can do whatever I was doing. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. I know that that scene's coming up, so I got five, ten more minutes. I'll just wait, and then you're sitting down, and you're watching the whole thing. And
1: yeah, you've watched the yeah, you've watched yeah. the entirety of it again.
0: Because yeah. <laughs> it's one moment after the next, it's all good. Yeah. It's yeah
1: and it's got and it's it's got good pacing too yeah. you know and, and, and great
0: great 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 music mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah it introduced me to the song weakness in me mm-hmm. one of like an old song again we're talking about a song that was i think popular in the 70s i yeah. would say yeah um excellent song but so many songs from that soundtrack are excellent songs but that song was new to me and it was a new old song and I love that. Right, right, and
1: it's funny how that works. <laughs> it is.
0: It's so fun. Yeah. So we hope that you enjoyed our picks. If you want to let us know what your picks are, reach out to the library. Lee and I are at all branches, so we're happy to hear what your picks might be. You can find us on social media or on you know the library social media or our social medias. Just look us up, and we hope that you are inspired to watch some rom-coms yeah at all times but especially in february you know
1: when you know when you get into valentine's day pop one of these in yeah Yeah, absolutely see what's
0: streaming see what we have um we have a lot of these picks any that we don't have you can get through interlibrary loan um so always keep that in the back of your mind Mm -hmm. and we hope you enjoy them
1: thank you very much
0: bye